Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen. Whether you find yourself in the joys or the messes of mom life, we want to encourage you to remain faithful as you join us every Wednesday in creating a community of real moms, real stories, and real truth based on the Word of God. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to our Faithful 31 Moms podcast today. I wanted to come back after our recording that you're about to listen to and add in this message. My interview today with Mallory Lynch was a super powerful story that you're about to hear, but I just wanted to go ahead and tell you that it is going to be a little bit longer of a story than we normally have, a little bit longer in time than our normal interview podcasts are, but we didn't feel like we should disrespect the story in any way or take away from it in any way. So we left it exactly like Mallory told it. It is a super powerful story. So I hope that you will listen to the entire thing, even if knowing with mom life, you have to come back and listen to it little pieces at a time. But I just wanted to go ahead and tell you that up front so that you would know why this interview is a little bit longer than normal, but you will not want to miss a second of it. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen. Today, I have a very special guest with me. She's my college roommate from Union University, and her name just happens to be the same as my first name. So before you get confused, I'll tell you we are both Mallory's, (laughs) but she is Mallory Lynch. So thanks so much for being here today, Mal. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hello, everyone. As Mallory said, I am also Mallory. Um, Me and my husband have been married for 11 years now. Um, I'm blessed with two children here on earth. My daughter, Sydney, who is two, um, and my son, Oliver, who is one. And y'all, please pray for me because we're trying to potty train Sydney, and Oliver is picking up on some cues and is starting to take his own diaper off (laughs) in places, you know, that maybe that shouldn't happen. Um, So (laughs) prayers appreciated. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm chief people officer at Puzzle Creative here in Memphis. Been in Memphis 11 years since graduating college, and um, it's been it's been a wild year. My world is busy, messy, and full of life. And evidence of God's faithfulness is everywhere. However, there was a time in my life when I did not think that having a family would be a possibility. Yes, and so we're going to talk more about that today with Mallory and her story. But before we do that, we are going to do our Mal's Top 10 Rapid Fire questions just to get to know some more light and fun things about Mallory Lynch as we um, learn more about her and her story today. So let's (laughs) dive right in. Let's see here. I think I can answer like almost all these for you, but (laughs) I'm not going to do that. That's what living together will do for you. Okay, so if you had to choose flats or high hills, what would you choose? Okay, definitely flats. I cannot walk in anything higher than one inch. I have tried. I practiced (laughs) specifically for your wedding. I practiced and practiced, and I just was going to break my ankle and everything else, so I ended up not wearing the right shoes. Sorry about that. No problem. I've (laughs) long time forgotten about that, actually. Okay, what about Target or Walmart? Oh, I am so uh, much a Target girl. It's not even funny. I do I do go to Walmart for the Black Friday deals, although I don't think they're having them this year. 
Yeah, but, you that's know, sad. very target. Okay, what about morning or night person? Night owl all yes. the way. And so is Steven, your husband. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What about favorite color? Okay, very specifically, olive green. If you put a shirt out in any merchandising atmosphere that has that color on it, I'm done. Take my money. <laughs> I love that color. My whole wardrobe would be that color if I could. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay, favorite season of the year? I really like fall. I like the leaves changing, the cold but not too cold weather. So Good weather temperature yes. for sure. Cake or pie? Okay, so for birthdays? cookie cake but i'm all about fudge pie all right yeah it's the only pie i can make so (laughs) so that's beneficial that's the one that you like yes (laughs) okay what about apple or pc computer apple computers all the way although if you work with me you know i have stints where i dip into pc world but apples yeah because you've been in the business world so that's yeah okay what about if you could give one house tour away what would it be there is something about gross water that cringes me to my core. So dishes, absolutely, <laughs> I can't handle it. All right. All right. Washing the dishes. What about, what is your Enneagram number? So my Enneagram number is a two. And I say that with sadness because everything that you read will say, at a party, the Enneagrams are doing the dishes, the type twos. And I just said, I hate dishes. And I'm like, please, that is not all that we're about. <laughs> but I am actually a, very much a two, and okay. I would not be doing the dishes. They just, like, were mistaken about you in that one In thing. that one area. Yes. It's not great. All right. How many unmatched socks do you estimate being <laughs> in your laundry room right now? <laughs> oh. I'm guessing a lot by the pause. <laughs> 80? <laughs> I think that's factual. I have an actual tub that I got so tired of them just like being around and not having a place. It is like an actual like storage container. I should probably throw them away. But there's hope. There's hope of finding them. I knew that was going to be a good question to ask you. <laughs> okay. So that was fun. Um, today... Gosh. Mallory is going to share a story with us that is, it's pretty hard to tell. Um, it's really raw, and we're just being honest and upfront with you. So we wanted to start out with something a little more light and fun. But Mallory, I just want to say thank you ahead of time just for being willing um, and to share and being vulnerable. And I think this is going to help some women out there who are going to identify with your story and and all the things that the Lord has brought you through and is still bringing you through every day. Um so let's just get started with her story. And she titled it Beauty from Ashes on her own when she sent it to me. And I think that is so appropriate. So here we um, go. Yeah. Well, gosh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored and humbled to be able to just share this story of how, honestly, God is, is just so faithful. Um, I hope that my story will help some people out there. You know, um, it, let, let me be clear, though, I'm not a fertility expert. I'm also not a grief counselor or expert in grief. So um, I just know what God has taught me through my story and brought me through. And um, while it is hard, bear with me, everyone. I, I do want to share um, what, what God's placed on my heart to really talk to you today about. Um, and this is her first time really sharing the story publicly, right? For sure. And yes. so she has... She shared it with people one-on-one, and I think she shared a little bit about 
some of it like through social media and stuff like that. But this is her first time really sharing it publicly and using her own voice and not not typing it yeah. type thing. So so she is really um, taking a leap of faith. So I'm proud of you. And um, she has got a lot of good stuff to unpack today. So let's yeah. get started. So first off, I'm a planner. Mallory said we went to college together and she, she knows I'm I'm a huge planner. It feels neat and tidy to be able to just plan out um, your day, sometimes by the hour. People joke with me because my wedding was planned out literally minute by minute. When I handed the pastor the notes, he was like, what? Um, but so in high school and in college, I started formulating this narrative of, um, you know, I'm going to get married by 22. I'm going to buy a house at 24 and I'm going to have kids at 25. And it's just that easy, right? Boom. Um, you, it, it just can happen just as you speak it, right? Um, God now will whisper to me, uh, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Um, Proverbs nineteen twenty one to kind of rein me back in when I get too planny, we'll say. Um, <laughs> but, but younger Mallory did not have such whispers in her ear. And I just, I just for sure thought that's what you could do if you plan it and worked hard, you know, it would happen. Um, and so Stephen and I actually met freshman year. At, we went to Union University. Um, we got married in 2009. We moved to Memphis to start our jobs. God opened up some cool opportunities for us here in Memphis um, in the height of recession. So that was awesome. Um, got involved in a church here in Memphis, worked really hard to grow our careers. Decided to push back the buying of the house just a little bit. But when I hit 25, it was like, let's discuss this. It is time to have kids, right? Right. Um, prayed about it. We were really feeling good about it. And in, in May of 2012, I went back and read through all of my, I'll call them my life journals. Um, and I wrote this. We've decided we are ready to have a baby. Actually, babies. We are praying for twins, boys, Isaac and Graham or Kate. I, I love how I threw that in there, like, or, or maybe, maybe a girl. Um, can't <laughs> wait to meet our little loves. Um, I, honestly, I just had, I, reading it, I just was so naive, and it, it, I had no idea what was in store for us on that journey. It just, I just thought it was that simple, right? I had big faith to pray for twins, but I never dreamed that I wouldn't be able to get pregnant at all, you know? Right. Um, so instantly, it was clear that my body was going to have trouble getting pregnant, Multiple tests were ran, multiple visits, um, so many different doctors, second opinions, tons of pregnancy tests, and ovulation tests. Um, basically, we had hit the road of, of our doctors, what, what they could offer to help us with. My OBGYN basically said I wouldn't be able to get pregnant on my own, mm -hmm. and the next step was to go to see a specialist. Wow. Um, that, felt, that felt heavy, and we were like, no, we, we believe that. God is bigger than this. And um, it just felt so final to right. be like, you're not going to get pregnant on your own. Um, and so, so we, yeah, we just. You're still just having like faith and trust that the Lord was going to yeah. give that to you. Yeah. You're like, what, what, you know? And yeah. so um, we decided that we would just pray and fast and just believe that God would move on our behalf. Every January um, at the church that I've been at now for 11 years, we do prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of do I have many journals during that season. It's 21 days. Gotcha. And and um, you can go back through and literally every one of them. Um, I, since 2012, I was praying so heavily for this. And, so, and, and it was just like, God, you know, you, 
you are the creator of life. It doesn't matter what these doctors are saying. And so I just prayed that over that. But um, on November 3rd, 2012, um, after being told I couldn't get pregnant, I actually um, woke up in terrible pain, called the doctor. The doctor said, take a pregnancy test. Um, When the positive showed up, um, I was excited for maybe a millisecond. And then just this terrible fear happened because I knew I didn't, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Um, and so race to the doctor. Um, I was told a lot of, we, we were unpacking this earlier. I was told a lot of confusing information, but um, just to kind of speed this up a little bit, I, um, after three days of on bed rest, it was clear that I was having a miscarriage. It was my first loss. Uh, so this hit me very hard. Um, a- after that, I was referred to a fertility specialist where more tests were ran. I was diagnosed with PCOS at that time. Um, so no real answers, but at least like, well, this is why maybe this is this is happening. Um, mm-hmm. But still no changes. Um, every month I would try this or that. I read so many books. I read so many articles. People would send me articles. Try this supp- supplement. Have you tried tracking your temperatures? Um, it was really exhausting and at times just devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We didn't lose heart, but we weren't sure what God's plan was in all of this like we started to doubt if we would ever be parents um and and that that cycle continued um for for almost four years so it was our faith would rise we would we would pray and and like this year this is going to be the year and Mm -hmm. it would be another january fasting season and we would still be you know babyless while other people that i were praying for all around me were that were becoming pregnant having kids and I really wrestled with that being happy for them and also what was going on with me um but I will never forget seeing the big smiley face um on that pregnancy test and having to look twice I'd grown so accustomed to disappointment I literally could not believe it um and so so in 2016 of May we were pregnant we were elated um I have several pages in my journal dedicated to when and how we were going to tell our family and friends. I mean, this was it. This was this was the miracle. Yes. This is what we've been praying for for four years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I had such faith at this time that um, as soon as the ultrasound was underway, I knew. I knew in my heart there were twins there. I just knew. And I heard her say, there's two. And I didn't even balk at it. I was like, of course there is. That's what I've been praying for. And God, God has shown up and he's been faithful. And I gave him, I gave him all the praise and, and it was like, wow, like it was a long road, but wow, you've answered my prayers. I literally prayed for this. You yes. Know? We're doing this. We're having twins. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, um, I couldn't, I just couldn't believe the miracle. Um, pregnancy was going really well. Found out it was a boy and a girl through a massive gender reveal party, Isaac and Kate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately I'm planning out their whole futures, building narratives for the years to come. We were like, Kate's going to be a scientist. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Isaac might be good at basketball. You know, you just, your mind starts running. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and so on uh, September 1st, 2016, in my journal, I write, everything is grand. Uh, we saw our bears again. We called them our baby bears. Um, and they were kicking each other, which they really did like to do. It's kind of already playful in the womb. They are already so loved, I wrote. Um, 
But how quickly lives can change. And even when I was looking back through my journal, it hit me so hard when I literally turned the page after I wrote that. And and I read the only sentence I could muster up to read, um, but I'll get to that later. Um, on September 4th, I led worship at our church. I've been on the worship team for a long time. Um, uh, I had been cleared to continue doing that until the third trimester. Woke up from a nap with extreme pain, uh, raced to the hospital, was told my water had broken, um, but that there was still enough fluid for them both, and it was kind of a miracle in that sense. Um, and so they they told me, honestly, to go home and um, just see how it played out, and we refused. We were like, no, it's, something's not right. Like, we're not just going to go home and lo- let it play out. Like, we're fighting for these guys. And we honestly, even at that point, we're like, God's going to save them. This is fine. Like, we can, we can handle this. Um, and so... Uh, there was a lot of fear and anxiousness. Stephen and I, we, we started pl- praying and believing. They let us stay overnight for 24 observation. After the 24-hour observation period, um, it was found that I had a prolapse cord and um, a placenta previa and, and that my cervix had dilated some. Um, they were too little to make it. Uh, if delivered, they were only going to be 20 weeks old. Um, so it was decided that I would be put on Trendelenburg bed rest. This is where you are in a hospital bed upside down so Mm -hmm. that you keep all the gravity off of your cervix. Um, I wasn't allowed to, I was, I was told to keep movements to bare minimum, like don't lift my head. Everything fed to me through, you know, a straw basically. Um, And, and they're like, it's very important that you do this. So of course, in my mind, I'm like, I got to fight for my kids. Don't, I mean, any, any movement, I was like, (gasps) you know, holding my breath. Um, right, you went the, into mama bear mode. Yeah, yes. the blood rushing to your head. It is, it is not great. Um, and so... And you and Stephen, I remember, this is a sweet memory that you share with me, but he brought his guitar, and so you love to sing. Yeah. And so y'all would sing and so that you could kind of pass the time away. Yeah, we saw it as our fire, that the fiery furnace that we were going into, but we would come out unscathed. And so we worshipped at night. The lights would all be off. The nurses um, would, would think we, they would mention that we were interesting um, because <laughs> they, here we are and we're singing worship songs. We're declaring scripture. Um, if I got an infection, it becomes like mom's health over the twins' health if I were to get sick. And right. so I didn't touch anything. All the, all the Facebook posts, the tweet, like anything that was me was Stephen. I actually didn't. I was I was like constantly hand sanitizing. I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that it's not me that ends up, you know, hurting these guys. And so um, so we were we were in the battle zone. We were praying. And I told I told the nurses, God's going to save these babies. They would come in and they would say, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's not much hope. I would say, no, there is. God's going to save them. And I was so I was so I was just I just knew I knew that he was. And um we we believed that they would be okay and um, that God would save them. And we had no doubt that he could. It was always a question of, you know, would he? And we believed he would. I mean, because mm-hmm. you, you and I were in, in an F4 tornado together. We were yes. literally in a tornado. And we know that God saved every person there. Yes. So God is a God of miracles. And that was the same faith that I have today and that I had in this moment 
And um, I'm not going to lie, laying there day in and day out, we we would just say, let's make it to the next day. Um, and the goal was to get to 24 weeks. Right. And if they could be born at 24 weeks, they could try to intubate them, which actually now I think they've improved technology in that. They could try to be saved. And, of course, you go longer if you can. But I was like, I'm going to stay in Trendelenburg bed rest for four weeks. I can do this, you know. Wow, yeah. And um, so day day in, day out, every day, our faith grew, right? Because we weren't supposed to last like a day, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Eleven days in, um, you know, in, in every move, every time they try to check the heartbeats, it's just a lot of continually praying peace over the situation, you know, declaring God's got this. Um, it was, it was, it was a tough season. It's probably, the, it's, it's absolutely the toughest season I've ever gone through. And, um, I, I was just fighting for my kids' lives. Right. And, yeah. and I think that God was so near to us. I could, there are a few nights I remember when we were praying and singing, I, I could, I could feel his presence. Like it, it entered the room in such a heaviness but took took the heaviness off of me. Yeah. In a way, it wow. it was amazing, and I feel like we were walking very closely with him. Um, Stephen and I, a few days in, we had we had a discussion. Um, we had to agree, and it was really hard. We we cried when we came to this that that we are believing and we know that God is going to save them. <sighs> but even if He doesn't. <laughs> We'll still praise him. And we agreed that no matter the outcome, God is still good. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think back to that night, and I think that was such a, a profound declaration because it would be really meaningful in the days to come. Mm-hmm. So about a few days in, when I would feel my fear start to rise, um, I started having this recurring vision, and, and God doesn't speak to me in visions and dreams very often, um, but I knew it was from the Lord, and it was of, I, I can see it uh, clear as day right now, it was of a little boy and a little girl, um, sandy blonde hair, laughing, running in mm-hmm. front of this really big tree trunk, like the, the limbs aren't there, and they're just, they're so happy. Yeah. And I was like, I, I, after I had it the first time, I thought, okay, I'm just imagining my twins, you know. Right. But then I, it was every night or every moment he would place that in my mind. And I and I started telling Stephen, God's telling me he's going to save them. Like he, he's building my faith. This is them in the future. He is going to save them. And I just kept telling the nurses, you know. Um, and, I, and I believe that. That vision gave me the strength to keep fighting when I was like, I just want to sit up. Right. I just want to, I can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. Remember the vision. Those, those kids, that's who you're fighting for. And so um, on, on September 14th, um, 11 days into bed rest, I started feeling extremely weak. I knew um, my mother-in-law actually said, are, are you okay? And I was like, oh, I'm fine. But I, I knew I actually, something was going on with me. Um, I was losing all my energy and uh, something had definitely changed, and so it was. It seemed that my body actually had become infected on the inside. Mm-hmm. And what's happening when your cords relapse is you, like, there's opening, in, right? Right. Yeah. So you can't really last like that for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was praying that we could, and so we got the horrible news. RBG went and said, Mallory, 
um, we have we have to deliver Isaac today. He his his cord is prolapsed. He um, he does he does still have a heartbeat, but you're not going to make it, and we have to deliver him. Mm-hmm. And I was like immediately, no, I can do it. I can do it. You know, I I can do it. <laughs> you know, and um, but they don't give you that choice, <laughs> and so. <laughs> but they told me that um, they thought that he could still be saved. And so <sighs> it was a little hope, but obviously, what do you do? What do you, what do you say when you're told you have to deliver a baby, but they're not going to live? How do you process that? So immediately we start fighting and we're like, he's big for his, his size. He's going to eat. Like, can we talk to the NICU? They can try to save him. And bless her heart, the director of the NICU came after we tr- we were like being really belligerent about it. Not mean, but like just please let us talk to her. Right. And we got to try everything, right? And she came and she was like, we just can't. They're, they're 22 and a half weeks, you know, and 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 we just don't we don't have tubes small enough we just can't do it and i was like but we were looking at articles and research and we were like this this case here they could do it and it, it was still after 23 weeks it wasn't the same so she actually started having to have hard talks with us about what the quality of life would look like even if she could and we just felt this peace come over us like this is this is not the way to fight for isaac right this is fighting for us um and we have to trust God. We have to trust God who we've trusted this whole time. And so they gave me an epidural um, and we had to deliver Isaac. Um, and so Isaac, I just started immediately praying because this and this may be too much information, but I mean, they have to pull him out. So. That's how that's how you have one twin and save the other. Um, and so I just started praying, Lord, please don't let him feel any pain. Because <laughs> he was still alive. He had heartbeat. And God answered me that mercy in that moment because he, he was born with no heartbeat. He passed before what I feel like would have been painful happened. Um, and, and they placed Isaac Stephen Lynch. He's our, he's our, he's our firstborn. He's named after his dad. Um, and they placed him on my chest. He was so warm and perfect. And I just instantly, I was a mom and there was my perfect little baby. And they said, um, Good news, though, your cervix has closed back up. Kate's going to be fine. And I just, I, just, I just cried. I cried happiness and sadness at the same. Well, maybe, you know, maybe um, this is God's plan. And at that moment, we decided to change um, Kate's name, actually, to Kate Isabella Lynch after Isaac because we were like, she's going to make it. And he didn't get to, you know, and... And um, that would have been hard yeah. if I am honest about it. That, that would have been, you know, maybe best case scenario, but it would have been an interesting future 
Um, and an hour later, I felt some my epidural was wearing off, and I started feeling a little something that was weird. A nurse checked me and said, oh, you're, you're delivering your daughter. And I was like, what? And, um, oh, man. And so they... Um, they rushed in. Everybody rushes in. And Kate is born. Um, so my middle name is Kate. She was, she was named after me. Mm-hmm. And she was born alive. Um, and I helped her. And um, Stephen was like, hey, sweet girl. And her, she immediately looked at him. And the whole room was like, she knows you. She knows your voice. It was so sweet. And I just thought, well, how do I? What do I do as she as she sits here? They're like she could last twenty minutes, she could last, but she won't live, you know. And what do you do in that moment? And mm-hmm. I just felt from this inner strength that can only be God. The before I was even, I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I held her and I started singing, "Bless the Lord, oh my soul," and I just started singing to her, and I just. I just sang her to sleep, and that's one of the sweetest memories that I have, is getting, I will forever be grateful for the Lord giving me five minutes with Kate that I knew for 22 weeks, you know, inside me, and just being able to have that motherly love, and I don't know, honor her in that moment, I don't know what you do when you watch someone pass to heaven. But I'm thankful that God gave me, that God really did that through me. There were some nurses actually later that said, you're the strongest woman I know to be able to do that. And I was like, that was not me at all. That was God. And I am dying inside. (laughs) I'm not strong. That's a really, honestly, even to cry while saying that, because Whatever time you get with your children here on earth, it's got to be special. And that, and that, whether it's moments or, you know, years. And I'm really thankful that I got five minutes, you know. Oh. Well, I so. don't even know what to say to that. I'm just, like, overwhelmed by the strength that the Lord gave you in that moment, yes. you know. For sure. All Him. Um, so... The scenes that happen next and that even as I'm retelling this that pop into my head, seeing the nurse put the gas mask over me and just, they're all like a movie, just to be honest. When I am viewing it, I have to like almost say, oh, that was was me. I was there. That was my life, you know, and and it's very interesting. It's kind of, I guess, a grief tactic or my brain has kind of categorized all of that, but um, I... In the days to come, there's just a lot of things that happen that I was not prepared for. Um, I'm thankful. I actually still have um, three of my four grandparents alive. So this this was absolutely the first very close death to me. So I was not prepared in any form or fashion for, for grief um, that followed. Um, our world completely stopped. I mean, it, it had been ripped into pieces. But everyone else's moves on. <laughs> quickly and I just wasn't prepared for it I mean they too soon they give you a form that you have to check a box that says what would you like to do with the bodies you know do you want them cremated or do you want to bury them or do you want to donate them to science and you're just like 
wait, what? You're still in very much denial that this has happened. Um, After being 11 days not moving, it's like, all right, put the bed up, take a step. And my legs, of course, didn't work. Um, So it's just it's just like, let's go. Let's keep moving. And um, waking up the next morning on a different floor in the hospital, realizing they're not inside me. I couldn't feel them kicking. That was the lowest of lows. Um, I was a mom with no babies, but my body didn't know that. So everything that happens when... Breast milk and all the things came still. People don't really think about that. I had given birth, so everything that happens after you give birth and all the things that you have to go through. um, You know, all daily, minute by minute reminders that I'm I'm a mom right now, but I I let my kids down, you know. They're not living, you know, and it was just, you couldn't escape that anywhere um it was really hard (laughs) um Stephen and I were playing all this in our minds over and over again like what went wrong why would God let this happen numbness if you let any emotions in at all it felt like you would just be crushed from the weight of the grief so you don't have to turn it off really quickly Mm -hmm. just push it away um it was really important to us that we buried them and I'm so thankful that we did we had a memorial service. To some people, it might have seemed very weird, uh, but we took pictures. We we buried them with things that we felt were important to them. We got them little hats. Um, and Stephen and I wrote them really long letters about what we thought the future could have been. It was really more mourning for us. Bless all the people that came and listened to us uh, read those letters. Um but that was like a way to have some closure too, for and sure, to, and to really like start your grieving process. Yeah, I remember um, it was pouring down rain, and I thought this is fitting. I wouldn't have it any other way, because I felt in a way like God was like, "We're all sad, me too," <laughs> which yeah. I know is silly. Those but are like, his tears too. Yeah, yeah, I just I was like, I like this. So, um. It, it was a chance to say goodbye. It was an important part of the healing process. Uh, I wish I could say after that that I was just like, I believe in the Lord, and this the, we could bounce back. But it this enters a very, very dark season for me. Um, I was very depressed. I, I couldn't, Stephen and I both couldn't go to bed without crying hysterically. And so we started just like watching TV so we could numb our minds enough to just pass out asleep basically that would be around 4 a.m we would sleep until noon or one and every every time when I would wake up I would um (laughs) I would mourn all over again because it was like oh that wasn't a nightmare that was real um and I don't know you when you have your babies in in your womb and you're pregnant you they're with you you feel them all throughout the day and just that separation, again, was a reminder of, like, they're not here anymore. And I don't know why. Um, so we took bereavement leave from work. Um, we really didn't know how we were going to continue. It felt like if we returned to normal in any way, that it was it meant it didn't happen, that they didn't exist, that... That you were moving on like other people. Yeah, and how could we do that? Right. How could we do that to our children that we'd fought so hard for? 
we just we just didn't feel like we could um Stephen actually made a career change around this point, which I think most people would not recommend. But he had heard while we were in the hospital a lot from the Lord and had been kind of tracking that. And it definitely was like time to move on. But I think this sped that up a little bit, just just this depression. And I I think that that's actually a normal response to a lot of people um, is you just can't go back to things that reminded you of it. Um, Walking past what was supposed to be their nursery, devastating thankfully we'd only ordered a lot of their nursery stuff and it hadn't come in yet so having to call all these places and cancel the order tell the story over and over again that was extremely hard um honestly people didn't know what to say to us so it seemed like several of our friends disappeared um but i will say there were a few of them that were there for us in huge ways i will never repay the kindness um that they showed me and the patients just to let me cry, you know, uh, over and over again, I'll never be able to repay that. Uh, and it was huge to just have someone to sit, sit and be broken with me, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways. I feel like that people process like how to, how to help or like, should I be around? Should I not be around? And, and we are going to talk about that in our next Yeah interview with Mallory together because I feel like that would be really helpful for people that are walking through a loss with someone, a loss of a baby, a loss of a child, miscarriages, all the things. I feel like, you know, that's something that isn't talked about enough and it's something that has had a real impact on you, whether it was a good one or a bad one, right? So we're going to talk about that on the next interview. But as we keep going through Mal's story, um, you know, it, it's just, it it makes me be overcome with emotion, too, just thinking back that back through it and seeing you tell it. And um, it's just, it's very real and raw, and, and I really appreciate you for getting so vulnerable and, and sharing it with us today. Um, we will say, though, that it's not without some beauty on the other side of the ashes, right? Yes. Um, Tell them a little bit about what happened after you felt like, you know, you were still really probably in a pretty big grieving process when even the next thing came. Yeah, we, um, I remember we, we were going, we started going to church. I would just like sob during literally the whole services, but we were starting to get out there a little more and I remember at Christmas that year we were putting up the Christmas tree and and I just said Lord this will not be like this next year I I declare whether it's adoption somehow I'm not going to be sobbing around a Christmas tree I'm not going to be praying another January fasting season about blessing kids you will you will make this right I remember telling him <laughs> you will you as right as you can you you will bring beauty to this and I was feisty with him (laughs) I was I was like oh and um I think actually after the fact we heard that a lot of different people were praying that as well like that specific thing like Lord don't let them go through another year and so I I would say much sooner than I would have raised my hand and said okay I'm ready for another child um we found out that we were indeed um pregnant it was a miracle and I I should point out here this this was all God. So this wasn't fertility appointments again or anything like that. We were just, we're pregnant. 
And I just felt like God um, was saying, you know, look again at your vision. And I was like, vision, vision. Yeah, look again. And actually, I'm, I'm wearing it here today. So that vision that I had of the of the boy and the girl in front of the tree, my mom gave me this necklace where it's engraved. It's silver. It's a little circle. And on one side, it says Isaac and Kate. Um, and she gave me that right after they were born. It's my, it's probably my most prized possession, honestly. And um, I, you know, I, I grabbed it and was like, look again. And I, and God just kept giving me that vision over and over again. And I said, hold on a minute. He was like, dig deeper. What was I telling you? And, and the girl was a lot taller than the boy. And I, I was like, oh, hmm, you know, and because I still grappled with God, you, you were showing me the twins, but um, I started to think, okay, so so I started to feel more and more um, sure that God was giving me a glimpse of the future. It's not done. There's still hope. And, oh, praise God that there was. Um, and so I told Stephen, you know, I think this baby's going to be a girl. I think she's the girl in our vision. And sure enough, uh, she was. So... Um, I was actually diagnosed with incompetent cervix throughout the through the twins' pregnancies because I didn't feel contractions when they were being born, and that's that's a part of it. Your cervix just decides, meh, I'm done, and kind of opens. Yeah, <laughs> but you wouldn't have known that if I would not have. Yeah. Um, and so when you do know that, you can have what's called well, you you it's not like you can you do have what's called um, a cerclage put in, which is stitches in your cervix that keep that from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Sydney. Um, I had to have a cerclage put in. Um, I was very high risk pregnancy. I, I'm not exaggerating when I say I literally had an ultrasound every single week of my pregnancy. I had three different doctors and I would go in rotation and ultrasound every single week. Um, they knew it was very important. Like we didn't want to miss anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just prayed and some people, some people were like, oh, you're pregnant again. Glory to God. Now everything's right. And that's, that can't be further from the truth because um, until we didn't tell anyone until we were 24 weeks because we learned, oh, if she comes before 24 weeks, they won't even try to save her. So we're not going to tell. I passed our like parents and stuff that right. were even pregnant until then. Um, we, it was just um, this huge weight of I can't let what happened before happen again so every move every you know just just very anxious pregnancy and I kept trying to give it to God but just being real with you it was it was very hard not to mention you can't imagine that a cerclage is not the most comfortable thing and at times extremely painful um also oh and shots every week too progesterone shots so everything to make sure that Sydney came out perfectly happy healthy, whole, and she did on 1010, made her debut. She, sandy blonde hair, she's beautiful. We named her Sydney Edison Lynch. Um, She's so cute. (laughs) She. And feisty, (sighs) like you. She is. (laughs) I like that about her, actually. So, um, but she's named after one of the joyful seasons in our world, and she brought us that. She brought us a joy. She, her laugh is contagious. And one of the things that gives me slight comfort, because you cannot replace my twins. I I cannot. She is not the prize, and neither were they. Jesus is the prize, but, you know, she doesn't replace them. And so, um, but one small comfort is that we would, Sydney would literally not be able to be here 
um, with with how like her due date and everything fell if the twins um, if we'd had the twins. So God was God blessed us to be pregnant so fast that if the twins had gone to full term, Sydney would not be here. And wow. so yeah. I can't. It's kind of like, oh, I wish the twins were here, but I also don't wish that I didn't know Sydney. What would my life be without her? And so it's a small comfort, I guess. Um, then we were going to be done. Like how, how dare us ask for another miracle? My mom would always be really quick to be like, but what about the boy in the vision? You know, um, and it was not even on our radar. But um, about a year later, Sydney was literally 11 months old and I just heard God and reading the Bible, and um, we had a conference at church, and a speaker was was reading. Um, and every time the word Simon would be read, I just felt God pressing onto me, Simon is coming. And I'm like, who's Simon? <laughs> <laughs> Simon is not a name that I've ever wanted to name my child. And I'm just like, what? what are you telling me, Lord? Again, the Lord doesn't speak to me like this in a lot of areas of life. And so I, I, I'm quick to hear it when it happens. And it was just in my own quiet time, again, it happened. Simon is coming. And I just thought, um, you know what? I better, is he meaning like a baby? And, um, you know, you know my story. Six years to get Sydney here, fertility, everything's very, you know, planned. So I would always frown, you know, a little when people were like, I had a surprise pregnancy. Um but but you did surprise <laughs> yes so i know both sides i know of like being like are you are you kidding me so I took the test even when i went into the OBGYN, i was like i'm not pregnant literally the statistics of me being pregnant in that season it was like only the <laughs> lord and I, I, I still was in all of that but we actually was pretty far along pregnant uh, again i have pcos so things are never really normal um and so I I didn't, I know it's kind of bad, but I didn't name him Simon. I named him Oliver Simon um, because all of, all, Oliver represents peace and completion to this vision, um, to what God was promising me. Like, Mallory, look, I'm, I'm telling you, look ahead. This isn't it. This isn't it. This is hard, and this is awful. Um, but there's hope. There's hope. And I think that... Um, I just, gosh, I'm so blessed. I 100% knew that he was the boy in the vision. They were like, you want to you wanna do gender reveal stuff? And I was like, we can, but I know that he's the boy. Yeah, and of course know. he's the boy. I yeah. knew, I knew. Uh-huh. And, of course, another surclage, another high-risk pregnancy. I would not have raised my hand to do that. It's really hard. You have to get an epidural and go in. It's like a big deal to get a surclage in. And so um, God knew that I wouldn't say, yeah, let's do that again. Now sign me up for that. Yeah, no. Oh. And... Um, and so the pregnancy was hard. I couldn't actually, after 14 weeks, even pick up Sydney for the whole pregnancy. But God is so good. He came May 22nd. He um, is 15 months old now. And, oh, he is the embodiment of his name. He's, he's so peaceful. He's curious. And he's getting a little, like, let me, let me poke at Sydney. Poke the bear. <laughs> but God has truly brought beauty from the ashes. And there are days... I am overcome with sadness for my twins. There are, I still honestly cannot be around twins for very long without just having a sense of just loss. You know, what would have happened? What could have happened? Um, and their birthdays. Their birthdays are big. Mother's Day is big. Um, 
It's, but we try on their birthdays to celebrate. We have a tradition. We go out and eat cheese dip. Sydney's been a part of it every time. We, we go to their grave site. She's starting to learn about them, and that's going to be interesting if everyone's listening can pray for me because I don't know, you know, how, to, how does a three-year-old process that you're – who are these people we're celebrating? <laughs> so that'll be – this year, um, that'll be very interesting. But um, we want her to know, like, they are – they're your brother and sister, and – um, they're a huge part of your story. Yeah. Just and, take it a little bit yeah. at a time. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's not probably like one day she's going to totally get it, but she'll, sure. she'll look back and remember all the things yeah. that you're doing with her to honor them. So, Yeah, God, through the whole story, he, he he's taught me very clearly. He did not leave me in that hospital room. He did not abandon me. He didn't cause this to happen. Um, he did not save them in the way that I thought they should be saved. And that's something that I'll never know. I'll never truly know, you know. On this side of heaven. On this side of heaven, I'll never truly know if what God actually did was a mercy to them and saving them. Um, but in the moment it felt like betrayal. It felt like he was letting me down. But looking back, I mean, he was, he was, he was right there. I could touch him. I could, I could feel his presence, his peace, his confidence, like just, and he was giving me, he was, he was speaking to me and to Stephen about the future and about, you know, what's to come and take heart. You know, I've overcome the world and all along weaving themes of redemption and how, there are really hard things in life, and we're not supposed to be exempt from them. Bad things happen to good people and bad people, all alike. And it's about learning to be more like God throughout those things and learning about who he is, and, you know, even in those seasons. And I do think that in trials we, we can be the closest to God. Absolutely. And I know that that's one of the seasons where I felt so close to him, which sounds weird, but— even through my grief, he was right there. And, um, yeah, so. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. I know, like, one thing that really sticks out to me that you said would go on to be so meaningful later was how you said that, like, you declared in that hospital that no matter what happened, that you would praise the Lord in, in good and in bad or in hard times and that's definitely what you and Stephen have walked through. You know, of course there's been beauty on the other side of ashes like Sydney and Oliver are here mm-hmm. and I love getting to see them play with my kids, you know. Yes. But at the same time I know that like you wear that necklace today like you're never going to forget no. your twins. They're your babies, you're their mother and you know the strength and the courage that you have for just coming here and just sharing and reliving the story yeah. that you have walked through. Um, I just thank you so much for that because I know that there are women out there that are going to draw from your strength and the words that the Lord's given you today. And I just want to thank you for being willing to share it and also being vulnerable and saying, hey, I wasn't okay here. But, no. like, the Lord still was holding us, literally holding us up when yeah. we couldn't hold ourselves. And so I just thank you so much for sharing that. And um, if you are out there and you have experienced a great loss in losing a child, um, regardless if it was 
in the miscarriage, a stillborn, a baby that was already born and you lost that baby later. I know Mallory has a friend that has just gone through that recently and she's been helping her. But wherever you find yourself, if you've been walking through grief in losing a child, Mallory and I would both really be honored for you to feel like you can share that with us. Yes. And if you go to faithful31moms.com, there is a place um, at the bottom of the homepage where you can send me an email directly. And um, I would would be more than honored to be able to share your stories with Mallory Lynch, who shared with us today, and get her those and even put y'all in contact with each other. Absolutely. Because I know that, that that is why she did this. That is why she felt like the yeah. Lord told her to do this and share this was so that she could help someone else or have an impact on someone else. So if you find yourself in that place, um, please, or if you know somebody that does, share this podcast with them. It's Faithful 31 Moms Podcast. It can be found on pretty much anybody's portal that they need to find it on Apple, um, Spotify, all the things. And so please be willing to share this with somebody. Maybe this could be your way to reach out to them um, and just let them know that you know that they're hurting and and they might yeah. pull something out of Mallory's story. So thank you out there for listening. Thank you, Mallory, for sharing. And, um, yeah, I hope that you all feel encouraged. I know this was a heavy story, but at the same time, just seeing Mallory's faith come from, like, what she's been through and knowing um, Sydney and Oliver on the other side of it, um, I just praise God for her and for her family. So thanks for listening. Have a good day. Faithful 31 Moms is produced in association with Love Worth Finding Ministries, built on the profound biblical teaching of Pastor Adrian Rogers. Please visit our website, faithful31moms.com, for all interview show notes. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Faithful31Moms. That's faithful31moms.com.